Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Taken away by Backstrom, who will retreat to the left point as the clock runs down. And the Boston Bruins have run roughshod over the Washington Capitals tonight here at Capital One Arena. Final score, Boston 7 and Washington 3. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals start well but get blasted by the Bruins. The goalie carousel continues amid a lot of uncertainty and four straight losses and no games until Saturday on Long Island. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, January 11th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. The Caps started well last night with Connor Sherry scoring twice in the first 12 and a half minutes of the first period, but penalty trouble and way too many turnovers led to six unanswered goals by the Bruins. Boston ends up thumping the Capitals 7-3 the final now four straight losses for the Caps, Ben. It's their longest losing streak of the season. Yeah, winless in four and of note over this four-game stretch, I think in three of the four games, the Minnesota won the exception, but three of the four here, there have been issues defensively and there have been issues with turnovers and puck management, but the Bruins last night, not unlike the St. Louis Blues last Friday, they were easily able to gain the offensive zone. They found soft spots in the zone and they were able to take advantage on top of that of arguably some leaky goaltending. But the ease with which the Bruins gained the offensive zone, to me, is a little troubling because it reminded me of what we had just seen a couple of nights ago earlier in St. Louis, and that's now a few games. This three times in the last four for the Capitals where they've been leaky defensively. It was among the strengths, really, in the first 30 games of the season. The five-man defensive unit haven't seen it over these past few games here. Capitals have allowed 18 goals in their last four games. They found out yesterday they wouldn't have Dmitry Orlov or Carl Haglin in the lineup because of COVID protocol. Who knows when they come back, but they did get Nick Backstrom back. They did get TJ Oshie back. And Ben, I thought that would be a little bit more inspiring, and it really didn't turn out to be. And especially with the the start that the Capitals had, the two-goal lead, you had some jump from the quote-unquote the new-look shutdown line with Connor Sherry sliding down on the trio with Nick Dowd and Garden Hathaway. That line providing some spark. Look, the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, Capitals were far the better of the two teams, taking advantage as well of Linus Olmark, who was fighting it early. Thought they had the jump, but again, it was the penalty trouble late in the first period started to invite the Bruins back into the game, and the Bruins were able to take advantage from then on. First period penalty trouble leads to a Bruins rally double minor on Nick Dowd for high sticking Brad Marchand, which was a gnarly nose that Marchand ended up with. And he ended up being just a warrior last night. We'll get to that in a little bit. But you had single minors on Kuznetsov and Carlson. It was too much for Zach Fucali and the Caps to hold off. And the Bruins came from two down in 40 seconds, Ben. It's another multi-goal lead that got away. The Caps have now blown a two-goal lead 10 different times this season. That's the most in all the National Hockey League. That's a disturbing trend. That's more than a blip on the radar. And yes, they have faced a lot of roster adversity this year. But regardless of manpower, that's alarming. 
And in this particular instance, it, it happened quick. It, it was the penalty trouble. You know, you're down two men late in the first period and a couple of occasions there for a couple of minutes there late in the first period. And with all the weapons, Pasternak and Marshawn on that power play, among others, they were able to take advantage. And again, a power, a penalty kill unit for the Capitals, which was shorthanded too, missing a couple of key cogs, Orlov and Haglin, the latest enter COVID protocol. But yeah, blown two goal lead, but certainly the penalty trouble that's where you point to as far as seeing that two-goal lead evaporate late in the first period. You're playing with fire when, when you parade to the penalty box in the nature in which they did. Credit where credit is due. Brad Marchand was a beast last <laughs> night. His nose was almost unrecognizable after Nick Dowd high-sticked him in the first period. He got patched up. He barely missed a shift. He came out and assisted on David Posternock's first goal of the night. That got him on the board. And that was a five-on-three goal. And then he gets his own right after. That was an amazing performance. I know how irritating he is to this fan base and all the others in the league outside New England. But that guy is a hell of a hockey player. And he's agitating. He's like Garnet Hathaway meets 30-goal scorer, Mm -hmm. meets the agitating force that he brings. There's not a team in the NHL that wouldn't want Brad Marchand on it. And just from a pure hockey fan perspective, I was blown away by his performance last night. Yeah, and to your point, after coming back from that nasty, you know, cut on his nose, cut and then some uh, from the high stick that he took, and yeah, to deliver as he did, to be back on the ice minutes later, deliver on the power play, ends up forcing a turnover in the neutral zone late in the game that resulted in his second goal of the night. So he ends up with two goals, second straight two-goal game for Brad Marchand. And you're right, there are folks, there are plenty of fans who might find him agitating. You know, that's what he does. He's agitator extraordinaire. It's part of his calling card. But to your point, he could play. 30-goal score. He's on both special teams units. We highlighted in our broadcast last night his prowess in terms of producing shorthanded, which he has a knack to do as well uh, he as he has shown throughout his career and a fixture on that top line, usually with David Pasternak and Patrice Bergeron, that perfection line as they're dubbed. They haven't necessarily been together of late, but usually that's the top trio for Boston and certainly a, a key cog there. And one other player I want to highlight real quick from Boston last night, John, because in the game where they scored seven goals, okay, Patrice Bergeron didn't actually factor in on the score sheet. But he had, it gets lost in the shuffle, I feel, arguably the play of the game. He stopped a shot from Evgeny Kuznetsov when Linus Allmark was caught out of position. Bruins were leading 3-2 at the time. Kuznetsov had the game-tying goal, or so it appeared. And Patrice Bergeron played the role of goaltender, stopped the puck with his chest, and later on, in the same sequence, under a minute later at the other end of the ice, Bruins converted. They scored to take a 4-2 lead, a goal that would amount to the eventual game winner thought it was a great play from Patrice Bergeron something that doesn't come up on the score sheet but it was arguably the biggest play of the night when you think about it yeah I agree and Bergeron is such a good leader on that team and it's not hard to figure out how the Bruins have turned things around and winning the games that they are got to talk about turnovers if you're talking about last night because there were way too many of them Daniel Sprong had a real rough night in the turnover department the turnover that Led to the Grizzly goal. He had a shift in the third period where I think he turned it over at least three and possibly four different times in the same shift. It was a rough night. He fought it hard last night. I think as hard as we've seen, he was not the only one. The Capitals had a hard time making consecutive passes without getting out of their zone and giving the puck back to the Bruins. 
you wanted to see, at least I did, a little bit more of a push at the start of the third period. Yeah, okay, it's 6-3 and it doesn't look good, but you got to come out and deliver a statement. I don't feel like the Capitals did. I don't think they ever had an answer for Boston, and I think a lot of it had to do with they were way too sloppy with the puck last night. And the puck management issues continue, and again, the Bruins, they rallied. They came back, thanks in part to those two power play goals late in the first, but the five even strength markers they had they were all off the rush. They were all in transition. They were all a result of Capitals turnovers, and the Bruins were able to quickly convert. They weren't the result of, you know, sustained pressure, lengthy shifts inside the offensive zone where they wore down the Capitals defensively. None of them were like that. None of their even strength goals were of that nature. All five came off the rush in transition after Capitals turnovers. Big, big red flag as far as the Capitals are concerned. Hopefully something that uh, they'll nip in the bud, but Again, you go back to the St. Louis game. It was similar that night as well. All right, so we got to wrap up with this because it is the biggest issue facing the Washington Capitals as we approach midseason. The goaltending is not good enough. It really is that simple. But the answer is hard because now, as we mentioned on the show yesterday, and you brought this up Friday night, we've been talking about it ever since. It is as relevant now as it has been since the beginning of the weekend. Ilya Samsonov, who did not even dress last night, has allowed three or more goals in six of his last seven starts. You feel like a message might have been being sent last night when he doesn't even dress, and I think that needs to be acknowledged. So Zach Fucali gets the start. He ends up allowing four goals on 16 against, gets pulled in the second period. Vitek Vanacek comes on in relief, and you had to feel for Vitek because he hasn't played in a game since December 15th. He ends up giving up three on 15, but... The first two were almost no chancers. He gives up a goal on the first shot he sees, so he's right behind the eight ball. And I lead it all to this, Ben, because the Caps now have to sit on this not-so-tasty sandwich for the better part of a week. You don't play till Saturday. you got a day of practice today, an off day tomorrow. You're going to practice Thursday, Friday, fly to Long Island, play the Islanders at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. So, A, you're sitting on all of that. But, B, you got to figure out who your goalies are for this weekend, and you've got a back-to-back because the Vancouver Canucks will be here on Sunday afternoon. How does Peter Laviolette go about finding a couple of goaltenders at this point? Because, quite frankly, I don't know who you turn to. If you turn to the guy who you think could be your number one but hasn't played well enough in three weeks, Zach Fucali, who showed some promise and then gets pulled because – of the effort in front of him, or Vitek Vanacek, who hasn't played, showed promise last year, but you can only have one guy in the net at a time, and all of them have their pluses and minuses here. Well, I think the next opportunity, as early as Saturday afternoon, I think you turn back to Ilya Samsonov. Eventually, I would think he's going to again get another considerable workload, we'll say, but he'll get the opportunity and here's hoping that Barry Trotz used to use the term, you know, a reset. Just to give Brayden Holpe the occasional reset, a little time away from the starters net. In this case, for Elia Samsonov, not even in uniform last night against the Boston Bruins. Consider it a little reset here. I'm sure he'll be amped up. I'm sure he'll be motivated. You know, like you said, if that's a message being sent, I'm sure he's grown enough to understand that. And I would imagine he'll be amped up to, to get back in the net. That being said, again, let's start to see it on a consistent basis because it hasn't been consistent enough for Ilya Samsonov, as we've noted over the past few weeks. He's shown flashes, just not consistently enough. They have back-to-backs. I would think you start Samsonov one game. I think you get Vitek Fanoncheck going again. You want to get him going again. Fukali has delivered when called upon for the most part. You know, last night, maybe a couple he'd like back against the Boston Bruins. But you think about the two goaltenders that are 
on one-way deals, the two goaltenders you leaned on heavily last season, the two you've been leaning on heavily this year. I would think there's an appetite to get them to right the ship. And hopefully once, John, they get going again with games every other night, which is the nature of the schedule, the second half of January into the All-Star break, hopefully the goaltenders, not unlike the skaters in front of them, get into a little bit more of a rhythm than they've had uh, of late. It's about to get busy. Caps and Islanders, the beginning of two games in as many nights, Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, Network Air on 106.7 A Fan at 145. Also on CapsRadio247.com. Coming up on the show tomorrow, my one-on-one with head coach Peter Laviolette as the Caps approach the halfway point of the season. Always appreciate what the head coach has to say. Be here tomorrow morning. Grab yourself a coffee and join us. Man, have yourself a great Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.